Oh, hi there, and welcome to episode 103 of the Writing Guy podcast. I'm Scott Keys of the Writing Guy. Um, you probably watched the funeral yesterday of Prince Philip, Duke of Edinburgh. Um, today being Sunday, obviously the following day. Um, I thought it was a very beautiful, uh, very understated service. Uh, quite intimate and personal in a way. And sort of very in keeping with with lockdown and COVID and social distancing. And um, I thought it, it was very beautiful. One of the one of the elements of beauty, I thought, was um, uh, one of the hymns that he chose, obviously being a naval man. Um, he'd fought in the Second World War in, in the Navy. And um, one of the hymns chosen was um, Eternal Father Strong to Save, also known as, um, more commonly maybe known as For Those in Peril on the Sea. And I printed off the lyrics because it's, um, it's a wonderful example, quite apart from a very beautiful tune and a very recognisable tune. It's a wonderful example of um, essentially a poem of rhyming couplets in perfect iambic tetrameter and um, if you haven't listened to any of the earlier podcasts around poetic meter i'll explain in a minute what what that means it sounds very technical but it's really not it's pretty simple so um this is going to be a first i'm going to be i was hoping to be able to play you uh, as part of this podcast, the you know the uh, part of the hymn sung by the the very beautiful Catherine Jenkins, but um, <laughs> excuse me, <coughs> but I'm going to have a go at singing the first stanza myself, and not because I've got a particularly good voice, but I just want to remind you of the of the of the hymn. So here goes. This is a first for me, and try not to giggle too much, but um, <coughs> excuse me. Eternal Father, strong to save, whose arm hath bound the restless wave, who bids the mighty ocean deep its own appointed limits keep. Oh, hear us when we cry to Thee, for those in peril on the sea. So there you go. I'm, <laughs> I'm not going to inflict any more on you, but that was just a, a, a very crude reminder of, of how the hymn goes. And um, so it's rhyming couplets. Uh, so, you know, the first two lines, uh, it's basically obviously a couplet is two lines, both of which rhyme. Eternal Father, strong to save whose arm hath bound the restless wave. They rhyme pretty obviously. Now, where does the, what do we mean by iambic? Now, if you remember, if you're listening to one of the earlier podcasts, an iamb, spelled I-A-M-B, is a metrical foot of two syllables that goes titum. So an iamb is a weak syllable followed by a strong syllable. So um, what would be a, a good example? Um, so, so that that first line, "Eternal Father, strong to save." 
Um, in fact, let me just finish explaining what I, what I meant by iambic. So an iambic, an I am, an I am is, is a metrical foot of two syllables. The first is weak and the second is strong. So it goes titum and, and basically tetrameter. I hope I didn't say pentameter earlier on. It's iambic tetrameter, which means four. So there are four metrical feet of two syllables each in each of the lines. So the, the rhythm that that creates goes titum, 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 titum. That's, that's one line. So what I'm going to do is just read to you the, the, for the opening, the two opening lines. And they're going to sound a bit weird because I'm going to stress the strong syllables. Like I'm going to accentuate them. So the, op the two opening lines go eternal father, strong to save, whose arm hath bound the restless wave. So it goes titum, 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 each line. Yeah. So an I am is just a metrical foot with two syllables. The first is weak and the second is strong. As in eter, as in, in, in the word eternal, um, whose arm, that's the beginning of the second line, whose is unstressed or weak, and arm is the, the, the syllable that is stressed, so that's an I am. Tetrameter, tetra is just Greek for four. So it means that you've got that, that, that's where metrical foot occurs four times in each line. That's all it means, yeah? So I'm going to read the opening, the opening stanza, and I'm going to accentuate again the, you know, the stress syllables. Uh, so you, 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 you get an idea and some very beautiful language in this as well. Uh, in fact, maybe um, I'll read you the second, the second stanza. O Christ, whose voice the waters heard and hushed their raging at thy word, who walkst, who walkst on the foaming deep, and calm amidst its rage did sleep. O oh, hear us when we cry to thee, for those in peril on the sea. It's very, very consistent. It's a perfect example of iambic tetrameter. And I'm sorry if I said pentameter earlier on. Tetra is four. Tetrameter is four is four metrical feet in a line. And pentameter is five. Penta just means five. Five. As in the word pentagram. Um, so I'm going to leave it there for now. Um, rest in peace, uh, Prince Philip, Duke of Edinburgh. Uh, I thought it was a very beautiful service. Um and commensurate with with um, uh, quite a humble man, I think, who gave this nation amazing loyalty, duty and service. So uh, Prince Philip, rest in peace. And William Whiting, too. Thank you for bequeathing us such a beautiful hymn. And I, I hope I didn't crucify it too much. Uh, but I, uh, thanks for listening. I hope that was of some interest. And I'll see you tomorrow. Thanks very much. Bye. Hi there and welcome to episode 106 of the Writing Guy podcast. I'm Scott Keyes of the Writing Guy, helping professionals to find their voice 
write human and change the world with their words. Yesterday I spent some time on LinkedIn um, looking at various people's profiles and um, I was just flabbergasted <laughs> again. It, it never fails to astound me the kind of language that people use. People in, in people industries like HR or learning and development, um, the kind of words that they use in their profile that they think are going to either A, put them in a good light and B, sort of make people want to engage with them. So I wrote out, and it only took me two, two and a half minutes because, I, you know, these words come up all the time. I've had to live with these words in business for more years than I care to remember. Um, you know, the kind of words that crop up in people's profiles are, are um, in no particular order, focus, I'm a focused professional, key, every objective or experience is key, people are passionate about what they do, dynamic, I'm a dynamic, committed, reliable, professional. Uh, process is often in there as well, significant, and the other S word, strategic. Um, experience or process or platform or objective always seems to seem to be strategic. Um, where I believe that most people don't really understand what strategic really means uh, and, and where it comes from either. Provide. Provide is another one. Uh, usually followed by the noun solution. We provide solutions to your problems. So there's this kind of jamboree, this medley, this motley crew of focus, key, passionate, dynamic, committed, professional, strategic, significant, process, provide. And I mean, it's pretty obvious. Well, it's obvious to me anyway. You know, what is wrong with, with a profile that uses these kind of words? The first problem is that you don't sound human. You know, human beings don't talk like this in normal conversation. It's not normal language. It is abnormal. It's, it, it's just plain bizarre. So the first problem is you don't sound like a human being, which is, you know, let's face it, it's a bit of a problem if you're on a people business like HR or whatever. The second problem is that loads of other people write in the same way. So your, your language, your profile ain't going to stand out. It's just going to blend and meld and, and melt with melt into all the others. So you, you, there's going to be no distinctiveness. You won't, your profile won't stand out. It won't be interesting. It won't be intriguing. It won't be engaging. Um, the third problem with, with this kind of language, and I refer to these words, I've, I've spoken about this before. I call these words and phrases SOWs, S-O-W, severely overused words. And the, the, the trouble is that they just, they're so overused, they've become trite. They're like a piece of carpet that's just been kind of worn threadbare with overuse. And so these words have become lifeless and, and they no longer have any vigor or life or, or, or engagement about them. So what, what is a better, you know, so if, if your profile is anything like what I've described, sorry, I've just seen a squirrel in the garden eating my wife's bulge.
<laughs> sorry about that. But I, sorry, I had to act these bloody squirrels. Anyway, um, really annoying, digging up my, my wife's bulbs, talking of life. Um, so what, what, what is a better, a better thing to do? A better thing to do is scrap all that rubbish and, and write a story. Write a short story. I mean, people love stories. A good story well told is worth its weight in gold. Uh, rhymes as well. A good story well told is worth its weight in gold. So, so tell a little story about yourself that evokes all those feelings in the reader, that makes the reader think or feel, hmm, they are interesting. They're obviously passionate about what they do. Oh, that's, that shows real commitment. The point I'm making is that if you, if, you know, a good story well told evokes those feelings, those positive feelings in the reader, rather than you having to emote about them. So this is the difference between showing more than telling. So show more than tell. And too many business writers, or too many professionals in business, tell rather than show. So tell a story. Um, that would be my advice. But And the other thing I, I will, let's just finish on this, the other piece of advice I'd give you is that print out your, your profile. Uh, I guess you can, you can read it from the screen, but read it out loud. And imagine you are somebody who doesn't know you, who's just, all they've got to go on is your LinkedIn profile. You know, what kind of words you, are you using? How, how are those words coming across? How are they going to make somebody, a stranger, feel about you? Are they engaging or are they repelling? You know, are they going to attract or repel? Reading or writing out loud, I've spoken about this ad nauseam, is a brilliant way of assessing how it's going to come across to somebody else. So I'm going to leave it there for now. Um, and uh, yeah, uh, close it down. Sorry, I should have turned my, um, my mobile phone off. Um, so I'm going to leave it there for now. I uh, hope that's been of use and I look forward to hearing from you or... <laughs> Not hearing from you, but speaking to you again tomorrow for episode uh, 107. Thanks for listening. Bye now.